I'm Roger Rosenblatt, and this is Word for Word. New Year's at Luchow's. Luchow's was a famous old German restaurant in downtown New York, situated just about where Irving Place and 14th Street make a tea. It was a bustling spot all year long, but especially at Christmas time, when the proprietors propped up a huge Christmas tree for all to admire, and a hefty group called the Umpa Band tooted O. Tannenbaum as the customers sang along. Diamond Jim Brady proposed to Lillian Russell in Luchow's, offering her a suitcase with one million dollars if she'd consent. She didn't. That's the sort of place Luchow's was until it closed some years ago. My parents used to take my brother Peter and me to Luchow's every so often, even though my father suspected the restaurant of having been a Nazi hangout during the war. I tried to picture that, Nazis just hanging out. There we went, nonetheless, to stuff our faces and gape at celebrities. I saw Jackie Gleason there once, looking like the comic's little king and leading a retinue, including Jack Lascouli of Mellow Memory, among the crowded tables. That was not on New Year's Day. My family never went anywhere on New Year's Day. Though for two years running, Peter and I, while never going anywhere, still managed to spend the day at Luchow's. You see, when my brother was in high school, he acquired his own telephone, the number of which was but one digit removed from Lu Chow's famous restaurant. At first, Peter was annoyed by this coincidence, as calls for Lu Chow's and calls from my brother came in at a ratio of twenty to one. So, eventually tiring of the phrase, wrong number, he began to accept a few reservations. This was a cruel prank, to be sure, but partly justified in his, and later in my own mind, for our being on the receiving rather than the phoning end of the calls. Returning from graduate school one Christmas vacation, I was delighted to discover my brother's new enterprise and immediately joined his restaurant business with all the high spirits of the season. Embellishing his practice of taking reservations straight, I would ask, whenever someone called requesting a table for eight, for example, if the caller also wanted chairs. In no instance, and there were dozens, did the people calling for reservations treat my question as odd. As long as they thought they had Luchow's on the phone, everything was Jake. They ordered chairs. During spring vacation, we adorned our business further by adding a touch of professionalism. Because of frequent requests for Luchow's head waiter, we learned that the man's name was Julius, which Peter, for reasons of his own, insisted on converting to Julio and adopting it whenever a call came in. I would answer the phone and transfer the call to Julio, who would do most of the talking in a Spanish-German accent so difficult to penetrate that requests for tables and chairs often took ten minutes. We then began to push things a bit, in part to test the limits of human credulity. We asked people if they wanted to be seated in our famous dining room, the Deutschland über alles room, or if they wanted to try our special Luftwaffels instead of rolls. They're light as a Messerschmitt, we would boast. We asked them if they would care to try Luchow's blitzes. These, we explained, were blintzes dropped onto one's plate from a great height. There were long pauses at the other end of the line when we would ask such things, but the answers when they arrived were always polite and sincere. Once we asked a fellow if he'd mind taking a table for three instead of four, one of his party could eat elsewhere, and they could all regroup for coffee. He declined our suggestion, but he considered it. 
Our best customers were big shots who presumed a favored relationship with the restaurant. These customers made their reservations in barks. Julius, Mr. Van Camp, for two, tonight, good. Whenever Julio would hear such talk, he would warm up the tone immediately, keeping Van Camp on the line for interminable periods as he, Julio, confessed his deepest, most intimate problems to his personal customer. After a while, Julio would get around to the fact that he was broke. Perhaps Mr. Van Camp could see fit to make Julio a gift of $500 as a token of their long friendship. No, in that case there was no table for Van Camp. As these transactions continued over the summer, my brother and I became a little ashamed of the havoc we thought we were causing. We did not stop altogether, however, until the following Christmas vacation, when we started asking people if they would mind being seated on the roof where we had set up a cold buffet. This was late December, and the temperatures in New York often fell below zero when it wasn't snowing. Still, there were one or two takers for our rooftop seats, though that was not the event that persuaded us to give up the restaurant business. That event occurred on New Year's Day itself, when a sugar-voiced lady phoned in the morning to cancel a reservation for lunch. Julio was furious. How are we supposed to run a restaurant, he told her, if everyone called up to cancel reservations? No, madam, it was impossible. Under no circumstance could we accept her cancellation. When the woman apologized and started to change her mind, we felt it was time to close shop. <laughs>